Happy listening, everybody. It's Andrea Patrick, and you are back for another episode of the CEO Mindset Podcast. If you don't remember what that stands for, we are consistently evolving and being open to failure. That's what that CEO stands for. And if that's what you want to do in your life and your business, then certainly stick around and listen to today's episode because I'm talking about imposter syndrome. We've all had it, whether we want to admit it or not. We have. We've been in those situations where we feel less than, we feel inferior, we feel like there's no way we can live up to the things we're saying. We don't feel like we've, we've got the stuff. But guess what, guys? We do. We have it. We've got it. And today on the podcast, we're going to talk about it. We're going to share experiences with you that I've had um, with regard to it. And then we're going to look at some things that we can do to uh, minimize that feeling that happens, especially as we grow in our businesses, because I mean, every time you scale, it feels a little bit scary. It feels like you're not quite ready. It feels like there are probably going to be people who don't think you're ready. Um, And so it can be quite overwhelming, but we're going to talk about it today on the podcast. Sit back, buckle up, get your pen and paper, get you a nice soft drink, whatever it is you need to do so that you can enjoy today's episode. Okay, we're going to go ahead and get started in just a few. Welcome to the CEO Mindset Podcast. Whether you're the CEO of your life, your profession, or your business, it's time to commit to consistently evolving and being open to failure if you want to achieve your goals. I'm Andrea Patrick, your host, and this podcast is the number one place to get tips and techniques for working smarter, not harder, using personal branding and authenticity. Now, hit the subscribe button, Be prepared to leave a comment or review, and let's get started with today's topic. All right, imposter syndrome is a real thing, guys. You know, you hear people talking about, you know, fake it till you make it. Well, you can do that, but it can only last for so long, honestly. Um, That fake it till you make it thing, eventually, you know, you... You can only fake it so long before you lose the faith that the make it part will ever happen, okay? But there are three things that I wanted to cover today that I think are important for us as we try to minimize or mitigate this feeling altogether um, as we are growing and scaling our businesses. And it's part of a mindset that we have to have. Um, And, you know, I've been on this podcast before when it was uh, PB and Style, and now that we've changed the name to the CEO Mindset Podcast, and I often spoke about personal branding. I think I mentioned this in the, in the, in the, uh, the season opener where I was talking about, I used to talk about what personal branding was and try to help people understand it. But what I realized is people really want to understand how to use it, how to leverage it. It's not just about um, what it is and developing one, but they need to understand the why behind having to do it in the first place. And it's about leveraging who you are in various aspects of your life and business so that you can do your absolute best and show up every single time as your best so that you don't have to question it You know, in hindsight. You don't have to look back and think, wow, I probably could have done a little bit differently there or I probably should not have taken that on in the first place. When you developed your personal brand, it's easy to leverage it in ways that are constructive for you. And so I really want us to take that into consideration as we listen to today's podcast, because imposter syndrome is real. And if we don't do something to, um, 
to mitigate it, it can it can cause a lot of problems as we begin to grow and scale our business. Our business. So the first thing I want us to think about is uh, well, before we ever get to that, guys, let me just remind you. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot. It's Black History Month, okay? And I want you guys to think about. I'm not gonna be, go heavy into Black History Month here on the podcast, but I do think it is important to mention because there too is an opportunity to have a mindset shift. And I am producing an event for a church here in our area. We're calling it the um, the uh, Cultural Empowerment Summit. And the goal of it is to look at our trailblazers, our Black History trailblazers, look at their contributions, see how they pave the way for us as a culture, but then also use it as a stepping stone to improve our future. I'm really, really excited about it. And as you're thinking about Black History Month, let's make it a Black History Year, a Black History Lifetime, and just really consider how we can shift our mindset and look at the trailblazers from our past and really use what they've done, the path that they've paved for us, and and use it different ways. How can we use what they've done to catapult us into a better, more improved future for ourselves and for our communities. So that's what I want to say about Black History Month. That's probably what I will be repeating throughout the, the rest of this month. It's not necessarily about any individual in our history, but about a culture that needs to kind of stand up and show up and, and use what we have in our toolbox to be better, do better, um, and show others that we are like awesome, right? So not just black people, I'm black, so I'm going to talk about that, but but everybody, just everybody that has listened to this podcast, how can we use the trailblazers from our past, the black history trailblazers from our past to catapult us into a much more um, um, engaged, inclusive future, okay? So that's my little stint on Black History Month. I hope you enjoyed that. Um now, let's move into these things that we can do to mitigate imposter syndrome. And the first thing that I want to cover is that we need to know that sometimes we're going to have to stand firm in our knowledge of ourselves and what we're providing is necessary to those we're providing it for. Sometimes that's just what you have to do. I know in my business, it is difficult. It has been difficult to um communicate the the value the importance of developing a foundation for your business i believe that foundation is really understanding how you show up for your business every single day how you use who you are to shape and create the framework for your brand i believe that is really important there are those who don't really see how that plays into their business and has made that has made it difficult for me to communicate it But I know based on the questions people ask me every day, based on the clientele that I have, based on uh, my friends who are, you know, quote unquote, asking me for, you know, a quick little thing. I have a quick little question for you. Um, Based on the questions that I'm getting, the underlying issue is that there's clarity that is necessary in some form or fashion for them. And that clarity is really coming from them personally and what they need to come up to come and show up as their best in their business. And sometimes it's the clarity to even determine whether or not what they're doing is what they really want to be doing. And I'm going to talk about that in another episode coming up here soon. But 
Sometimes it's really important for you to just be able to stand firm in your knowledge that what you have, what you are bringing to the table for your business is a necessary service or product. And there is someone out there who needs that service or product. Now in doing this, it is important for you to identify those people who need what you have, okay? One of the biggest mistakes that I made when I first, first started my business was thinking that I didn't want to alienate anyone from my services and my products. It wasn't that I was trying to, you know, cast a wide net. You've heard me talk about that also, like casting a wide net. But it's true. You really need to be a big fish in a small pond and not be a small fish in a big big pond. And so... When I first started my business, one of the biggest mistakes I made was in thinking that I I just want to help everybody. I want everybody to benefit from what I'm offering. And the truth of the matter is there will be times when people that I did not intend to be attracted to my information are attracted to my information. So that is not something that won't happen. But it is important for you to identify the group of people, that niche that is really most attracted to and looking for what it is you have to offer. And when you do that, now it's easier for you to stand firm in knowing that what you have to offer is necessary because you have identified the people who need it. They have communicated to you. They've communicated in their you know, information and their requests. Um, uh, you, they've identified that this is something that they are struggling with, that this is an area that they need help with. So you can stand firm in knowing, once you've identified the niche, that regardless, someone out there needs what you have. Okay. And once you've identified that niche, you can stop casting such a wide net and being disappointed when you don't have but one or two fish in your net. The goal is to get to that small pond where you can be the big fish. And whenever you cast your net, you're going to have a net full because you're in the right place. You're in the right pond. And in order to do this, I want you to look around at those you've helped in the past. Okay, so who have you helped free? You charged them. They were a relative, whatever the case may be. Who have you helped in the past? Who has given you praise? Who has told you that you helped them immensely and they they got results from it? Who is that? Who have you supported with your skills in recent months, years, days? And who have you collaborated with because they saw something in you that um, their need was met and you were the one who met that need? So that's how you can begin to like start standing firm in the knowledge that someone needs what you have. Because if you look back, hindsight, obviously, at the people that have praised you and said, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Or, wow, you know, that really did work. Or, wow, I took your advice and this was the result. Look at those people. Think about those situations and and realize that what you gave them was necessary for them. So you don't have to feel like what you have to offer is no longer valuable, okay? Okay, the second tip to help you overcome this imposter syndrome that you may be having is to seek opportunities to serve others with your talents. Um, Think about things like working with local organizations to gift your skills. That's a way to practice new offers, to perfect sales verbiage, and network with people who may later refer you 
to their circle of influence. I have an example of this. Um, if you remember last week, I talked to Sandra Midkiff of our uh, Chamber of Commerce here in the area. And one of the things that we were talking about is sort of the misconception of chambers, local chambers of commerce. And just from my own experience, um, looking at people that come and go um, to the chamber meetings, it was clear that there were a certain group of people, um, a certain type of business owner who felt their role or the role of the chamber of commerce was to, was to come you know, do their 30 second pitch early in the morning, pass out as many business cards as possible and work the room to get the sale. There was no other really rhyme or reason for their being there. They just wanted to collect. They were collectors is what we can call them. They wanted to collect business cards so that they could go back to their offices and do cold calling, um, you know, trying to play the numbers game where if you have a hundred business cards, then 10 people will buy, you know, the old thing that, you know, the sales thing that people talk about and some people still live by. Um, but that is really a salesy approach of doing business. You don't have a relationship with people. You don't have a rapport that you've built with them. There's no trust factor there. And when you do it like that, yes, you'll get sales, absolutely. But are you building relationships? Are you adding the value that they really want? Or are you just getting those people who themselves are after a quick purchase and they have absolutely no intention of being loyal to you or sharing you with any of their friends? They just wanted a quick solution to a problem they had. So it's, 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 difficult to feel like you really are this expert in this area if your marketing method is really to just collect numbers and be a collector because you're not showing any loyalty to the people you're serving and so the types of people that you are getting are those people who don't show loyalty back so when you're not getting repeat business when you're like struggling all the time to get that next purchase that next customer that next thing it is so easy to feel like you're an imposter like you know nobody really wants what you have you could i mean i could see you sitting in your room or sitting at your office you know beating your head up against the wall trying to understand like why did she not come back or why didn't she share me with someone i'm killing myself to make sure that they know that you know i have this product out there i'm going to all the networking events i'm at every event i'm making those calls i'm doing the things that they tell me to do i know that i have to do so many calls to get so many no's to get a yes whatever the case may be try seeking opportunities to serve and see if that will help you. Because I know for me, I got involved in my local chamber. And yes, initially I got in with my nonprofit and I thought, wow, it's going to be a ton of local businesses here. All of them are looking for ways to um, donate and, and, and offer their, their services and do in-kind donations because everybody wants a good tax write-off. Honestly, that's kind of what my thought was initially going in. And it wasn't until I actually did that 30 second pitch a couple of times. And I realized nobody can really understand the gist of what my nonprofit is about in 30 seconds. And nobody can really see the passion I have for helping our, our clients in 30 seconds. And so one of the other members wanted to do a one-on-one -on -one with me. She wanted to hear about 
what our organization really was because she too was feeling like she wasn't getting the gist of it in the 30 second pitch. She wanted to know more. So I sat down with her and after I sat down with her, she was like, that is amazing. I definitely want to get involved. I want to do more. I want to participate. I want to support. And here are five more people that I think would really be interested in, 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 in working with you or collaborating with you in some way. And she gave me names of five more people. And she said, I think you should do one-on-ones with them. You should set them up and talk to them and let them know because they like this type of thing. And I did that. I set those one-on-ones up. And so what that taught me was, is that it wasn't about going in and just doing a 30 second pitch, but it was about building those relationships and connecting with people who really were interested in what I had to offer. And from there, I became an ambassador for our chamber because it became more about getting Um, getting involved and really serving with my talents and skills in that chamber because I noticed that the culture was such that that's what people were doing. They were not just coming in and selling. These chamber members had relationships with one another. They weren't trying to um, exclude anyone. They were just doing business with people they had relationships with. And so if I wanted to do business with them, if I wanted them to support my nonprofit, then I really did need to plug in and serve in some way. Um, and so I did, I got in and I, um, I was an ambassador for the chamber. We've since broken it up into two different groups and one's called the ambassadors and the other ones are called, um, I want to say business advisors or something like that. And I'm sorry, Anna, I should know the name of it. Um, But we've broken up and we're basically all still ambassadors. We're still representatives of the chamber in some capacity. And so I'm still serving in that way. And I am sort of a mentor to some of the newer businesses that have joined our chamber and giving them a little bit of guidance as they start to navigate the, the culture of our organization as well. And so I'm in there and I'm serving. And guess what, guys, whenever I call on my chamber members and I'm like, hey, you know, we're doing a dime for tough at this restaurant pre-COVID, they would show up, you know, and they would eat at that restaurant to help us raise money for our organization. Or if we were doing um, any type of a clothing swap or if we were doing, you know, a fundraiser for North Texas Giving Day, we have that here. Um, one of the largest fundraisers uh, for nonprofits on one day in the country. And when I reach out and I am talking to them and asking them for their support, guess what? I get it. I have served. They, they recognize that I'm serving and they are then supporting me. It's also a great opportunity when you get in these, these organizations where you can serve with your talents to, like I said, practice new offers. I beta tested my um, employee certificate, employer certification through my nonprofit. I beta tested that program in the chamber. Um, I also um, use that 30 second pitch opportunity to try new taglines or to get feedback from a promotion that I'm running, you know, when I send an email out to them. So it's a great, it's a great um, opportunity for you to give of yourself let people see what your talents are, but then also test and understand what is working and what isn't working for you in your business. Every situation where you're able to share your skills with others is an opportunity to gain exposure for new customers. So the other attitude that really needs to change to help you in this serving capacity is to think of walking into 
this organization, showing off your skill set, serving with them in this organization, people see those skills. And guess what? People will begin to come up to you and say, hey, I noticed that you, you know, you helped Lisa with her social media marketing and you gave her some really good tips. I have someone who's looking for a social media manager. Do you think, you know, I'm going to go ahead and refer her to you? Guess what? I didn't get a sale necessarily from the person in the chamber specifically, but they trusted me enough because of my serving and my willingness to help others in the organization. They trusted me enough to refer me out. So that also boosted my ability to look at myself in a, you know, in a non-imposter way. So I was like, wow, you know, people really do see my value. So again, number one is really making sure that you're standing firm in your knowledge that what you have is necessary. People need it. But number two is once you start serving with your talents and things and skills, it reinforces that thought that what you have is necessary. But then you also begin to receive the um, testimonials from people in that organization And those people are talking to their friends and their circle of influence. And now you're starting to get referrals from people um, based on your relationship with the people in the organization where you serve. So it's an amazing opportunity to do that. It's also a way to increase your confidence and improve your certainty about what you're bringing to the table. Again, we talked about testing, using this organization to serve as a place to test your products, services, your sales pitches, um, any verbiage that you want to use is a way to test your processes and your systems to see if they work. And when you do that, the more you do it, the more sort of um, uh, testimonials and satisfaction you get from the people you're helping, it builds, it boosts your confidence in what you're doing. But more importantly, it helps you really solidify the certainty that this is the thing you're supposed to be doing. Remember, we talked about, I said earlier that a lot of the stuff that I work when I'm working with clients, I am just coming to realize here in the last few years that what I think the outcome should be isn't always the outcome um, when I work with someone. But that doesn't mean that what I am doing is not valuable or that, you know, it's not serving the purpose it was meant to serve. It was just that it didn't serve the purpose I thought it was going to serve. Right. So when you start to do this more and more and you're serving with people and you're testing your things, the confidence will begin to grow because people are going to say, wow, this really helped or wow, really thank you. Or yeah, I shared that with my friend and she was able to use it in this particular way. So now you gain confidence. Well, When that happens, you can begin to really start to solidify the fact that you're certain that this is the path you want to take with your business. This is the thing that you know you are meant to be doing because you are getting that positive feedback from it. And so now you don't have to feel like you're an imposter. You can start to feel a lot more like you're where you're supposed to be. And the things that are manifesting in your business are the things that are supposed to manifest in your business. And it's the direction that you should be going. Have you spent years trying to figure out how to actually make money in your business? For years, I struggled to identify the right audience, determine the best type of content to share with them, show up for them consistently with valuable products to offer, and I mean the type that they'll actually pay for. I struggled to find clarity and to create a unique workflow that maximized the productivity and minimized my burnout. After years of trial, error, troubleshooting, investing in coaches and programs, and learning lots the hard way, I've developed a framework that helps dozens of women do the same thing I struggled to do for years. 
My clients are now growing and scaling their businesses to six and seven figures, reaching their ideal audiences and working with only their dream clients, building businesses that they love instead of feeling trapped and stuck following someone else's template. They're securing high profile contracts with multi-million dollar organizations, aligning their passions with their purpose and making a big impact. And they're doing a lot more. These are just some of the results my clients have achieved as a result of working together. I am so proud of them and I want to take those same principles I used in their one-on-one -on -one coaching and share them inside my new membership, the BU Boss Squad. If you're ready to start generating serious cash in your business and need accountability, support, or you just want to soak in the genius of other women just like these clients, this is the community for you. Apply today. Use the link provided in the show notes. All right, guys, the last tip that I want to share with you for how to mitigate or minimize the imposter syndrome you may be dealing with is to do structural maintenance. Now, what do I mean by structural maintenance? Well, you are the structure of your business. You should have created the framework for your likes, dislikes, non-negotiables in your business so that you can operate consistently. Remember, we are having, we're creating a CEO mindset here on the podcast. We are consistently evolving and being open to failure. And with that, we need to in order to be consistent, we need a framework for our business. So that's the structure. We're building a structure as we develop our personal brand and we need to maintain that structure. So what that means is self-improvement. Okay. Self-improvement is an ongoing requirement to live your best life. And imposter syndrome can definitely be minimized if not absolutely overcome altogether when you continue learning and seeking knowledge around your area of interest. I am constantly reading books, taking webinars, researching things so that I can bring my best self to you so that when you're listening to me, you know that I have done my due diligence to find you the answers to overcome your challenges or to improve the things you're doing and gain exposure by attracting, engaging um, the right people so that you can convert them in the right way. So it's important for you to have that maintenance of yourself, your structural maintenance of this framework you've created um, in your personal brand. So you have to consistently seek information, seek to learn, seek to grow. And you want to make sure that you're staying on top of everything in your industry that relates to your customer because they're not. They're maybe consistently coming up with challenges. They're running into challenges as you grow in your business. There are very various steps that, you know, you get to that you may not know the answer to. A perfect example of this is when I was first uh, creating courses. Oh my gosh, this had to have been seven years ago, seven, eight years ago. I first started creating courses and I was just, you know, I had this idea. I felt like people needed to have the answer. We, I had been getting these questions and I was like, I'm going to answer these questions in this, in this, um, this course, and then I'm going to sell it. And I thought that's all there was to it because I was watching people on Facebook doing these webinars and I was watching them, you know, sell at the end. You all know how it goes. You know what it looks like, you know, that webinar. And then at the end, they do the call to action, right? So I was seeing this and I was seeing in their webinar, all these testimonials and wow, this person liked it. And that person got these results and all of that are happening in this webinar. And I'm thinking, wow, it's just as simple as 
popping a webinar up and doing a call to action at the end and having the course created and having it ready to go. And I had all these questions and I was like, well, how are they doing this like so quickly? Like I was naive. I I had no idea that they, all of the things that went into getting to the point where they had actually sold that course on, you know, they had, you know, paid for that ad for that webinar on Facebook that I saw that I signed up for and I'm now watching. I didn't realize all the work that was involved. And um, just to give you a visual of this, think of an iceberg and you see that beautiful piece of ice sticking up from the water. Well, guess what? There is a ton of ice under the water that you don't see. And that is the stuff that when you're listening to those webinars and you're taking those courses, that is what people don't tell you. They will show you, for my DIYers out there listening, they will show you the tip of the iceberg because that's what's pretty and shiny and that's what's going to attract you. And they will give you all of the stuff that's happening on that top iceberg. They will give you all the ins and outs of what you see, but they will not give you the stuff that's under the water that you do not see. That is either the stuff that you have to pay for, or that is the stuff that they hold tight to their chest because that's how they are coming as credible sources to their um, to their target audience. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just want you to know that there's always more to what you see. And so for me, when I was first starting out creating courses, I thought that it was as simple as you do, you create your course, you do a webinar, you invite people to your webinar and you fill out, you know, you sell out or whatever. And I, it was only recently when I, again, was doing that structural maintenance that I dug deep into the art of creating a course and I did my due diligence to understand it. And now I know the process of creating a course and then launching the course and doing all the things. Well, I've got seven courses, guys. And of those seven courses, five of them will need to be updated and relaunched because I didn't do them the right way. And that's okay because the content is there. It doesn't change. It's a little updating. But I'm telling you this because I'm sure you're out there or there are some of you out there listening to this podcast who feel like there is a piece of the puzzle you're missing. Like if you just had this one piece, everything would fall into place and your picture of success would be complete. And if that is you, then it is definitely an opportunity for you to spend and invest some time in doing your structural maintenance and doing that self-improvement, digging deep into that thing that you feel is missing. And obviously you don't know what's missing. So here's what you do. You look at all the components that you have and you research those components and you understand how they play a role into what it is you're trying to do, because ultimately you will find the dot that needs to be connected in the steps to get to the answer that you're trying to get to. So for instance, you wanted to create the course and you, you created the course, but now you're struggling to get people to sign up for the course. Well, you can ask yourself the question, what am I saying to these, to my audience to attract them to the course? Is it really the problem? Is it really their pain point? Is that why they're not connecting? Because I'm not really tapping into their pain point. And then once you realize what the pain point is and it's still not working, could it be that, well, maybe I'm not getting it in front of enough people and my numbers aren't there. I'm not, I'm not 
really casting a wide enough net inside my pond to capture all of the people? Or could it be, I'm not in the right pond at all? See what I mean? So you have to do that structural maintenance, understand how you can improve yourself, what it is you're doing, the actions you are taking, and then how you can improve that to live your best life in your business, okay? So it's important to stay on top of the latest and greatest in your space as well, because you don't want to be behind. You don't want your material to be antiquated, which is why I talked about, you know, these five courses that I created years and years ago, the content is still valid, but it needs to be updated and then it can be relaunched. So I need to make sure that I am providing the most up-to-date information inside those courses, and then they can be relaunched again, stay on top of what's happening in your space. It's also important to stay on top of what you need to stay inspired, motivated, and able to serve your audience. So what do you need? We talked about personal branding is really the foundation of your business. It is the framework that helps you navigate and leverage who you are in your business to make sure you are showing up for each element of your business that you are represented there. So what do you need to stay inspired and motivated? And how can you continuously show up and serve with your talents? So you need a strong foundation that will help to hold you up when it gets windy. Like when you are going through, when your life throws you a curveball, you want to know that you have been consistently showing up for yourself and how to consistently show up for yourself in spite of the curveball. I can give you an example. Um, Recently, I told you that I was ill and through it all, I had set up systems in my business that I was still, even in the pain, my clients didn't know my business was able to continue to operate for a month, guys. It was horrible, but it happened. But setting yourself up with the things that you need to stay inspired and motivated and still be able to serve with your talents is important. And you do that, right, by making sure you know what you need. All right, we're all bosses. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a boss. You're either a boss in life, in your profession, or in your business, but you are a boss. Do not let that slip by you. And we're all searching for for some level of success. It may look different for each of us, but these tips that I'm talking to you about still hold true. Whether you are a mother who doesn't feel adequate, who doesn't, right? All mothers, raise your hand. You know, how many times do you feel like you're falling short (laughs) with your kids? So whether, you know, you're a mom and you are struggling and you feel like you're just not doing your best. Listen, guys, that success, it will still work with these tips I'm giving you. You do not have to feel like an imposter because you are the only you on this earth. So there's no comparison, right? No one has the experiences, the perspectives, the passion, or the personality that you have. That combination is your fingerprint for success. So This means you can never, ever be an imposter because there's only one you, right? So you can't be an imposter in your business as long as it's you in your business that's showing up. As long as you're being yourself and you are bringing you to the table, you cannot be an imposter. 
Okay, so that's what I have for you today. I'm so glad you listened. I'm so glad you stuck with me and tuned in. I know it can be difficult to overcome this. And I know from experience that it can be a challenge to really unpack your negative bags. We all have baggage, but it can be a challenge to unpack it and really start to put the things back in your customized bag that is gonna help you stay motivated and inspired and really walk in your truth and that knowledge and stand firm in it as I talked about earlier at the top of the show. I understand how difficult that can be. I understand also for those of you who are just starting your business or who want to scale your business, maybe you are already a leader and you're trying to pivot and do something different, add a new service or product to your product suite. That is sometimes challenging and you're struggling to get your framework for your brand together. That is an amazing reason to look at the BU Boss Squad. It is a community of women who is working together to grow, not just in business, but it could be professional. It could be just in life. We're working together to provide answers to one another, help each other to find those answers so that they can construct the right framework, the authentic framework that is going to help them leverage their personal brand across platforms. We're working together so that we can show up in our businesses consistently understand when it's time to evolve and be open to that failure and do it quickly so that we can get to the right thing that's going to help us attract, engage, and convert the right people in life, in professions, and in your business. So guys, if you have not done so already, go ahead and subscribe to the CEO Mindset Podcast. Give this podcast episode your review. I want to hear what you have to say. Comment also and tell me how do you deal with imposter syndrome? That is the question of the podcast. How do you deal with imposter syndrome? Leave that in the comments below. If you have not followed me on Instagram, make sure you do that. It is AF Patrick. Look it up and definitely all of the other ways to get social with me will be in the show notes, um, including um, the opportunity to access my Facebook group, the the BTB Boss Talk, where we are really having a good time in there. Great conversations, um, really supporting one another. It's a great place to be. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Don't forget, uh, we'll be back next week. Remember, whether you're the CEO of your life, profession or business, it's time to commit to consistently evolving and being open to failure if you want to achieve your goals. Now let's connect outside of this podcast. Join me in the show notes where you'll find all of my social media profile information. Be sure to follow, like, and comment and engage with me outside of this podcast. I look forward to you being with me again next week. Go out there and get your CEO mindset on.